Oh boy, do we have a fun one for you today. And this is something near and dear to my heart because if you've been listening to Ladies Who Question and you didn't even have to listen that closely, you know my world is animals. I love animals, especially dogs, and um, I miss my dog, Harvey, the wonder dog, intensely. It's been over two and a half years, and I still, I still have a pain in my heart for him. But that leads me to introduce our guest. Our guest today is Linda Roberts. Thanks for coming, Linda. Thank you so much for having me. Why don't you tell us, we're just going to jump right in yeah. here. Tell us about you and what you do. Well, I am an intuitive and an animal communicator. I didn't realize I had these abilities until my heart horse, Howie, was sick. And I struggled with keeping him healthy for the first two years that I had him. And what he, I spent thousands of dollars going to veterinary hospitals, different veterinarians, different practices, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing was working until I started to communicate with him. He needed some emotional healing. And it was through animal communication that I was able to help him. And we had 15 blessed years together. How did you discover that? That's that's incredible. But how did you come to say, oh, I have a gift and I can help Howie, my horse? It was quite simple, to be honest. I was meditating. At the time, my mother had passed away. I was grieving her loss. I was going through a very challenging divorce young children, three dogs at the time, and I just needed an escape. And it was through meditation in my closet to escape the world. And my horse, who at the time was 30 minutes away from me in Wisconsin in a boarding facility, he communicated through that meditation. How? how, Whoa. Yeah. So wait, did, did like... Did you feel it at that moment, like a light goes on? Like how, what did it feel like? How did you know uh, that this was happening, that you had this ability? I saw his face. So I was in my closet. It was kind of dark. I mean, it was a walk-in closet. But what it, were you doing in your closet, by the way? Were you just like sitting Escaping. There? Oh, you, oh, you were <laughs> meditating. Okay, meditating. I was meditating okay, and okay, escaping. <laughs> okay, so I'm sorry to interrupt. Go, you don't you're, know. Um, and so I saw his beautiful face. He's a red chestnut. So I saw his beautiful face. And then I, I felt his voice. And it kind of came in through my head, like a voice in my head. But I knew it was him. Mm-hmm. I get that. Wow. Yeah. And what, do you remember what he said? Um, it wasn't like Mr. Ed. The, Hello. <laughs> no. I need your help. <laughs> no, I was testing it. I was testing the waters because, you know, I'm an educated woman. I've got three degrees. I've got a master's. And I'm like, tell me I'm not crazy. Are you, are you serious? And so he, he showed me some images of us riding. Like we had ridden... Um, a week or two before that. And I saw those images like rewound again. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't really remember that particular ride, but something something unique happened in that ride. Like he spotted something in the um, outside arena. Like he spotted a different person walking out there. And so he was pointing that out to me. And I hadn't remembered that. I had forgotten about it, but he remembered it and he brought that back around to my attention. And so it's getting that confirming information all the time that gives me the confidence that I know that I'm accurate. Wow. Do you think that the next time you saw him, that he knew that you knew? Absolutely. 
How could you tell? I mean, of course, yeah. horses' eyes are so expressive. In the eyes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you look in anyone's eyes, they're windows to the soul. And I just feel he, he, it just brought us closer together. Oh, it boy. truly did. So, <laughs> so what was the, um, how did it go when you were repairing the emotional relationship with you and your horse that brought him to feel better? Like, what was the process? Like, so I did some energy work on him. Um, at the time, it was Reiki. Mm-hmm. So I rebalanced his chakra systems so that he could feel better and more balanced. Things were not good with his digestion. So I worked with the solar plexus chakra in particular to rebalance that. How did you know to do that? It came intuitively. Reiki itself is channeling this divine energy that comes from the source. And it comes through our body because we're all connected to source. And what, you what, channel what is, it. What do you mean by source? God, the creator, okay. whomever. Everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, whomever and whatever you want to call that. And so that energy provided healing and balance for him. So he was colicking, which is life threatening, if you know anything about horses. Mm-mm. And they die of colic all the time. Well, he was colicking four or five times a year, which is insane. Oh. So I was really happy that when I balanced his energy, he calmed down, and he didn't colic as much. Wow. Well, something happened that was right. Yes. Is that what you mean by shamanic healing? In a way, yeah. The The shamanic healing, I think, for me, it goes further than Reiki. It gets to the root of things. Through shamanism, I was able to view past lives with my heart horse, Howie. And I've seen past lives with... Um, you know, people in my lives as well as the animals in my lives. And so the, uh, the shamanism goes a little bit deeper, in my opinion. Okay, well, that kind of brings me to how I decided to bring Linda, Linda in today is because at, when Harvey passed in August of 20... I always forget the year because it's almost <laughs> like I, I want to forget. Right. It was 2021. And my heart, you know, was ripped to shreds. And I put something out on Facebook and got a tremendous response from so many people who also had loved and known Harvey. And one of the people who responded was Linda. And um, then also you were at the time running some sort of a contest, I believe, about reading or something. Yes. And I won. I won the contest. But I couldn't do it right away. I kept putting it off for months. And Linda, you know, hey, are you ready to claim your prize? I can do the reading. It might really help you. I am... Because mm-hmm. I just, I was so wrought mm-hmm. with pain and just, and then finally, <laughs> literally sitting in a, the parking lot at Target, she called and we had set the time and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm just sitting here in the parking. You know, I couldn't have been less enthusiastic. I was mm-hmm. just like, thank you for doing this. I hope it helps, but you know, nothing will. And you proceeded to do the reading and I felt something hearing the things that Linda was telling me, because everything is a blur in that whole time period of my life. I do know that. I don't recall what you said, but I do remember it was significant and meaningful. And I became a believer, truly. So that's how I got to know Linda, and that's why she's here. I also have a question. Uh, You also call yourself an alchemist. Now, describe that with regard to what you do. So as an alchemist, I I shift energies around me so that things can change and transform, hopefully for the better. So if there's a stagnant energy, so let's go to the heart chakra. A lot of times when we're grieving loss of a loved one, our heart chakra closes up and it gets blocked. 
And as an alchemist and as a shaman, I direct energy healing to that space, inviting it to open to be balanced in a loving and compassionate way. There's a lot of times when people aren't ready to have their heart chakra rebalanced and the energy is there and it's available when and if they want it. It's not forced upon them Mm -hmm. because we have free will. So you get to decide when you're ready to heal the grief or, or let something go. And that also applies to animals as well as people? Absolutely. I've helped many, many rescues, many many traumatized animals, dogs, cats, and horses. As you wow. can imagine, there's so many that have been, you know, um, homeless or mm-hmm. abandoned. Neglected, abused. Yes. Mm-hmm. So do you um, help you help people too? I do. Okay. Let me Let me backtrack a little bit. So you came to this because of your horse and you helped your horse. Then did you start taking classes? Because it sounds like you're so educated on these topics that you they couldn't just evolve, just come to your head. The animal communication is self-taught. I just tapped into oh. it myself through meditations. I'm a firm believer that we all come to earth with this ability but we choose to turn it on and off depending on whether we're supported (laughs) in that ability or not. So true. I was a preschool teacher before this, and I think the reason why I was drawn to preschoolers was because they're still open. They're still very much connected to this imagination and Mm make-believe, which isn't physically visible to humans, adult humans, but it is to the children. Well, it's there, and they're seeing it, and they're being truthful about it. But if they're not supported, then they close off. So for the animal communication, I tapped into my natural abilities through meditation and by talking with my spirit guides. The shamanism... Wait, are spirit guides real people? They're spirits. Oh, okay. They're they're guides. maybe they were. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So they, they just... Are up there too. Like or... a guardian angel. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, we know about okay. those. Yes. Yeah. So um, the shamanism, I studied with several different shamans who are renowned in the uh, Center for Shamanism that is uh, out of New York. I think it's near the, uh, it was affiliated with the Omega Institute. But I studied with several of them to learn that technique of, of shamanism. And the Reiki, uh, I had a few different Reiki master teachers. Wow. Wow. And I teach everything that I do because we all wow. have these abilities. So what is Whoa. your background? You said a master's and I saw <laughs> something about you you worked in HR or Yeah, yeah. So I've got um a bachelor's in sociology and psychology. Oh, okay, well there's your start right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in human resources for ten years. I was mm. actually um working here in Lake Forest for Leaf, the candy company. Oh. Do you remember <gasps> them? Uh, yeah, I worship at their feet, the feet of the company. Are you kidding? Leaf, they should pay me so that I can pay retroactively all my dental. (laughs) I love their candy. Anyway, go on. Are they still in business here? No, they were bought by Hershey. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's that's when I... Sorry, I I just got a little crazy. I started perspiring. I was so excited. Lisa. Candy, Lisa. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go on. So you're working for Leaf in HR. And then um, they were bought by Hershey. So... That was my introduction to being a stay-at-home mom. I, I had some young children at that point and um, was stir-crazy staying at home for a couple of years. So I went and got my teaching certificate. When I was in human resources, I went and got my master's at Loyola. Mm-hmm. And then my third degree is my teaching uh, education, where I became a certified elementary school teacher. 
Now you're your own company, Whispers of Love? Yes. Now what's that about? It's about healing. Healing and um, intuitive messages for people and for animals to help people to feel better and for animals to heal as well. So it's therapy. Yes. And people would go to you as a therapist. Energy therapy. Energy therapy. Okay. Sometimes we talk. Sometimes I'm quiet when I'm shifting the energy. Oh, I love that. That sounds so cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, your client base. Do you have more more people or more animals? Oh, and how do people yeah. find you? <laughs> it's about 50-50, to okay. be honest. Yeah. So um, a lot of people start with bringing me their animals, and then they end up receiving healings for themselves because they see the transformation that the animal has made when the animal has anxiety or if they're grieving the loss of their beloved animal. Then they want to have healings um, for that. One of my clients today was just that. She hired me for an end-of-life or afterlife uh, consultation with one of her cats, and she felt the energy... She found me on Google, which is amazing because 95% oh, really? of, of my clients are re- referred into me. Oh, I, oh, I get oh, referrals. Wow. Like, I get referrals. So she said, I was just drawn to you. And, and then we did a healing today, and she was just blown away. She's like, I feel so much lighter and so much clearer. Thank you. Oh, that's what it's wow. supposed to do, right, I guess? Right. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That was a good question, though. Yeah, which one? What's the percentage and there so, breakdown? Let's say... I bring a dog in to you that has anxiety. Where do you start? How do you assess? Most of my readings are done remotely. Oh. Ener- I use energy because if, how would I be able to speak with a deceased animal, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're not going to bring them to me. It's the energy connection that I make through the chakra systems. So typically if someone has a dog or a cat with anxiety, I talk with the animal telepathically. I'm on the phone Okay. With the human. Uh-huh. The animal is with the human somewhere. Could be sleeping, could be, you know, running around with its siblings or whatever. And I'm talking with the animal about, you know, their anxiety. I'm shifting the energy in their chakra systems wherever that stagnation anxiety is residing. And I'm helping them to release it. Yeah, the animal. To release For it. The animal. And even though the animal's not... Is the animal listening to you when you're talking on the phone? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's like a three-way call. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Oh I wonder what the animal... I'd like to see that in action, like to see if the dog starts acting out or starts presenting physically differently uh-huh. or something or that would be cool. A lot of times the clients are like, well, it was just yesterday's client. It was a cat and the cat and I were talking and the cat was having some um, behavior issues with litter box things. And the cat came up to the phone and rubbed up against it. And she's like, this cat has never done that. (laughs) Oh my God. I I can't believe this. So yeah, we, we get behaviors like that when we feel like we're being listened to, right? Mm-hmm. We, we're drawn to people or souls who feel like they're listening to us. I could imagine that maybe possibly during your session that the human's starting to feel like getting going through a little transformation as well. Absolutely. Sometimes, sometimes it's a two-for-one thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, they feel better that their pets, the energy transfer between themselves and their pet yes. is being altered. Yes. So, hope, I mean, positively. Yes. 
Good question, Holly. You know, we have a bunch of um, questions from listeners. Um, do you, are you ready? Yes. Holly, do you have something yes. else before we start into this? Uh, we have a listener. Her name is Chelsea. If a dog could talk, what would it say and how much can dogs really understand from us? Well, here, here's what I have found out over the, the past 12 years of doing this professionally. The animals speak the universal language that we all speak. If you've ever listened to um, some podcasts, or I know there's a movie or a book, I can't recall the name of it, but people who have had these afterlife experiences where they've died and come back, mm -hmm. and they say, I was talking with my angels, or I was talking with my guides, but I wasn't moving my mouth, but there was a conversation going. That's what I'm doing when I'm talking with the animals. It's this universal language. So I've, I've had clients around the world who are from different countries. Don't even speak English? Correct. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. And, hmm. and they're like, oh, I'm from Japan. How is my cat going to understand you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, it's a universal language. We, we all can understand telepathy. Mm -hmm. It's an energy wow. exchange. So can... To answer the other part of that question that she had, can dogs really understand what we're trying to say? The answer is absolutely. They understand more than probably we understand about ourselves because they're watching us all the time. They're reading our body language, number one. But secondly, they're in our heads. They're in our thoughts a lot of times. And I experienced this with, with one of my dogs. And this was when I was just starting out. My one dog, he loved to play fetch. He's in the spirit world now, bless his soul. He loved to play fetch. And I was in the middle of watching this really interesting movie one night. And, and I thought in my head, his name was Jack. Jack, I'll play with you at 8 o'clock. Just, just let, me, let me get through this show. It ends at 8. And he checked his wristwatch. Yeah. Okay, so, 59 so he, minutes from so now. So he laid right. down, he laid down next to me and, you know, was chewing on something or whatever. Eight o'clock hit on the VCR. It was, you know, back when we had VCRs. Eight o'clock hit on that clock and he jumped up and gave me his toy. Oh, and was whoa. like, let's play. <laughs> oh, I wonder if whoa. your pets are different than other pets because you do this with them. Oh, yeah. We are plugged in. So my, my cats are... They're big boys. They're Maine Coon mixes, so they're about eighteen pounds. They're Ooh. they're big boys. Okay. Um, they're rescues, and so they get hungry hungry in the mornings. And I've asked them to wake me up at six o'clock, not before six, <laughs> but six or after. Now this took this took about six months of me trial and error, reminding them before I went to bed, six o'clock, I show them the clocks. There are several digital clocks around the house. <laughs> six on the dot, they come and wake me up. I wow. kid you not. On the weekends when I want to sleep in, I'm like 6.30. It looks like this. So I'm sending them the six and the three and the zero images in my head to their head. And I'm just directing them to what it looks like on the digital clocks. No verbal. <laughs> just Correct. all tele tele telepathic. Telepathic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow, this is going sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. That, this, I mean, this is even beyond what yeah. I would have. Yeah. So I, wow. I, because I teach this, let's have fun, okay? Yeah. Try it. Try it with your own animals or those in your life that yeah. you get to visit. If they're lying there comfortably doing, you know, whatever, and you're just sitting there, just have the thought, if you can hear me, can you turn and look at me? 
Or if you can hear me, can you wag your tail? You got to try that oh, at home yeah. with your grand dog, Moon. I will. Please yes. do. Yeah. And let us know. I will. Yeah. That's one of the things that I guide my um, animal communication students to do is to, to test things out so that you get that confirmation because the confirmation, that's the gold, you know, mm-hmm. that really helps. And you know. Yes. You guys are communicating. That's right. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's so cool. That's very cool. I can't wait to hear about what happens when you, when you report back. so much peace to people's lives. I try to. I, I've. It's just, worked for me. Mm-hmm. I. I was a. I was a very worried person, <laughs> until I started to do all of this, and now I've just. I've become much more peaceful in life. It well, meditation is supposed to be able to do that. It right? does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Um, here's our next question. How do you know if your pet is happy? That's the number one question I get. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. How do you know? Mm-hmm. Well, gosh. Why don't you ask? Ask the animal. Look them in the eye and ask them and see how they respond. Do they blink at you? Do they turn their head with a question like, what? What what are you trying to say? And repeat it. You know, sometimes we need to have questions repeated to us. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't quite understand what you were saying. So repeat it several times and see what the animal does physically to respond back to you. But, I mean, how do you know if they're happy? I think you have to be in the present moment and be aware of the nuances that they're showing you physically that they're happy. You know, for a cat, maybe they're rubbing up against your leg or inviting you to play with them. A dog is inviting you to play with them, wagging their tail when you come home, greeting you in however they greet you, you know, by jumping or barking or however that may be. But being present in the present moment it really helps us to connect to every living thing, not only our animals, but with nature as well. Okay. So I guess wow. when you see your grand dog, Moon, yeah. just look him in the eye and just register. I mean, think right. it hard. Look at him and I, I want to know. Yeah, I uh, will. Uh, okay. So I, I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. What's the range of animals that you've um, helped, like aside from dogs? Yeah, dogs, cats, horses, um, wildlife. You know, when we were having the wildfires in Australia a couple of years ago, and we were having the wildfires out in California and Oregon a few years ago, mm-hmm. I was communicating with the wild horses out there. Oh, that's right. Um, oh, just get God. to water, get to safety, go away from the smoke, directing them to go to the water and to get away from the smoke as best as possible. Um, I'm also a volunteer educator at the Lake County Forest Preserves. You know, it's that teacher in me. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I would care for the red-tailed hawk that was on site there and the screech owl. Now, the red-tailed hawk has since passed, but Mm. she broke the Guinness World Record for the longest living, not domestic hawk, but um, rehabbed hawk. How old was she? Uh, 33. I don't know the lifespan of a hawk. In the wild, they live to about 12. Yeah, well, that would make sense. So because of you, this hawk lived to 33. I was one of many caretakers. I can't take credit for that. Mm. But, but still. But she had... and I had many insightful conversations. I actually did. wrote, I'm a co-author in a book, Paw Prints on Our Souls is the name of the book. And I wrote a, a story about my relationship with the hawk. Oh, cool. Ah. Where is that available? Your, your... It's on Amazon. Okay. Paw Prints on Our Souls. Yeah. yeah, you can also go to my website. 
So what did she say? Stuff like, um, I found the best mouse today. Like what? Well, she was hand fed. <laughs> oh, okay. Because she was. Um, oh, that's right. She wasn't free range. She was yeah, in right. a sanctuary. She okay. had an injured wing. Um, so we had to hand feed her, which was quite the experience, you know, having her decapitate a rat while you're holding it is oh. a lovely oh. thing. <laughs> that's not the job for me. Poor rat. And then you, yeah. you talk to the rat too. Yeah. Oh, circle of life, Lisa. Circle of life. Okay, I, I, <laughs> that's I, right. I, I'm going to erase right in my mind right. right now. Okay. Well, that that's very cool. And you're helping. Thank you for being a volunteer like that. Yes. Gamey and horrific as it sounds. <laughs> um, I have another question from a listener. What is the most profound, interesting story or revelation that you have from being a pet communicator? So, the paramount experience. Oh, one. Well, one, if you have two, that's fine too, but... One that comes to mind that is just a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's uh, it's based in Chicago. So again, I don't go to people's homes. I do all this remotely over the phone. Someone had found me, and she lives in a home in Chicago. She was renovating it. It's on the historical registry in Chicago. She has two cats. She had moved into the home six months ago and was starting the renovations um, about a month prior to me being contacted. About when the renovations started, one of her cats kept waking up every hour of the night and was waking her up and wouldn't let her sleep. The other cat was sleeping through the night. No issues. So she could not figure it out. She tried feeding. She tried litter box. She tried snuggling. You know, she tried all the things to get this cat to quiet down so she could rest. So she reaches out to me. I'm on the phone with her. I'm at my home in Lake Forest at the time, and, and she's at her home in Chicago. And I talk to the cat after she explains the restless nights. And I say to the cat, what's going on? And the cat says, look at this place. So I take my focus off of the cat. My energy connection with the cat is now looking at the house. There are about 100 spirits in this house floating around. Whoa, I was going to say maybe it was just the construction. Yes. <gasps> I could see these spirits. Wow. Okay, I'm freaked. <laughs> Officially. It gets better. Oh my god. And this is why I learned shamanism because I I like to heal those wayward spirits and send them to the light so they can then reincarnate and have other experiences. So I I said to the woman, "You've got spirits. You know, how do you feel in parts of your house?" And she said to me, oh, the previous owner fell down the top stairs because it was an old Victorian house and died in the mm. house. I go, Whoa. okay. Because I really felt the strong vibe in the basement. Yeah, what about the other 99? And I said, how do you feel about going into the basement? She goes, I can't go down there. She goes, during the, the walkthrough when we bought the place, the hair stood on the back of my head and I, and I freaked out going down there, but the realtor wanted to show us this really cool thing that was down there. A dungeon. No, I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> no. Access through the Underground Railroad. They oh, could my, see, my goodness. They could see into the basement of the other house. Oh, my God. Wow. There was like a tunnel? Yes. My and God. all the souls you hear about this. that were going and using that, they were still lingering there. Wow. So I did a huge house clearing. Did you go, have to go there? No. Oh, okay. No, I did it all remotely. 
right there and then. And I asked, I asked the cat, you know, how does, how does it feel now after the clearing? And the cat says, yes, this, this will do. <laughs> the cat was very this protective. This will do. <laughs> the cat was very protective. And, um, and so I followed up with my client, which I always do. And um, I think it was about a month later, she got back to me. She goes, I'm sorry it's taken me so long to get back to you. I wanted to make sure that this wasn't just a fluke. But for a month now, I've been sleeping through the night. And so has my cat. I was very, wow. very blessed to be a part of that healing. See, now, uh, at face value, you'd think to yourself, just given what you talked about the situation initially, well, yeah, there's a lot of construction. Cats don't like that kind of disruption. A dog will work around it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're redoing the kitchen. I don't like it, but okay, I, I'll go over this part. Not a cat. Cats don't like that. But this, there was so much more to the story. Right. I mean... How could you top that? That that's that's definitely. I mean, you you cannot have another one better than that. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite. That's the for ultimate. Sure. Awesome. All right. Well, here's another question. We're on the downside now because that was just too good. Right. <laughs> How long do pets retain memories? Like, do they remember extended family members or their owners? You know, like their cousin or somebody, or you know, like they haven't seen them for a while. Oh, absolutely. Um. This it may is, depend upon the animal, too. Well, I don't know. something else that may blow your mind is um, we remember even from different lifetimes. We remember one another. People or cats? I know people supposedly do, but... All living things. Do you? Yes. You were, Okay, so you were Dogs, somebody... cats, horses. Were yeah. You, were you somebody else before? Yes. And who were you? I've been a lot of different people <laughs> and, and, and animals. We, we you, choose, we choose, we choose our form. Oh, wow. We can choose to be human or animal. But to get back to that memory question, when, when animals are reunited with loved ones, like let's say they've gone missing or an animal was kidnapped by, you know, a disgruntled spouse or something. Yeah, they're absolutely going to remember the family, the children, the, the other spouse when they're reunited. I don't think the memories have you know, an expiration date. Mm. But I've also seen reincarnation happening a lot with my clients. So there was this one client where I was doing a reading um, for this dog, and he, the dog was a male, and the dog kept saying, Tori, Tori, tell them I'm Tori. And I go, I don't, I don't know, you know, your, your name is Jackson. I, I don't know what Tori is, but I'll, I'll mention it. And so as soon as I did, there was like silence, like the microphone was dropped and this was on the phone. And I go, is everything okay? And they're like, Tori was our dog from 30 years ago. Oh, whoa. So it came back. Reincarnated. Oh, and it came to the same owners. Yes. And how'd that happen? Yeah. The universe. Magic is alive okay. and well, my friends. <laughs> oh my God, I love your <laughs> there, spirit. <laughs> there are lots of right reuni reunited things happening, and and so they stopped and they thought and they're like, oh my gosh, there are similar qualities. No wonder this dog was so easy to train. He already knew the things that we liked and what we did and all of the things because they were consistent with um, how they were doing their, their training for their dogs and things. And so I see reincarnation happening all the time. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Do you oh boy. do a lot of human readings for that? I do. 
And you tell people what they were or... Yes, it's called a past life regression. Okay. So in a way, it's like going back in time, kind of through hypnosis. And you can see, you can witness yourself doing that. I had a client, she had um, strong abandonment feelings when her husband would travel overseas. And she was in her house on the North Shore. And she's like, it just doesn't make sense. It was actually her dog that brought her to me because she said, my dog has anxiety, but it's only when my husband's gone. And I talked to the dog and the dog pointed its paw at her and it says it's her I'm feeling. Oh, of course, picking up on the mom's anxiety (laughs) and feelings of abandonment. Yes. So she did a past life regression with me and she witnessed, she could see herself as this person in an, anyway, um, it was like, it was back around like stone age area. I mean, like there weren't structures as we witnessed it Mm -hmm. because we, we compared notes after the uh, past life regression and the way she described it was the way that I saw it as well. And then she released some of the abandonment pains or wounds that she had. And she, again, you know, after a couple of weeks, she called me up and she said, thank you. I, I do not have that nervous anxiety anymore when my husband travels. Wow. And dogs better too. That's right. right. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Oh, I, can I say one thing? Yes. So um, I always think that dogs that are rescued, for the most part, are so appreciative. I'm, my daughter's dog's a rescue. We had a rescue ourselves. And this particular dog is so happy. And I go, I know he knows that he's in such a better spot. Do you have any, can you enlighten me on any of the rescue pets? Like- I, I second what she's saying too. And and I, I don't know why that is, but we've talked, Holly and I have discussed this and we are certain that that is the case. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, they do appreciate the homes more so than um, some others who come for different experiences. The the concept about a life and a life's journey is we choose. We choose our path because we have free will. Humans have free will. Animals have free will. But we're co-creating. So sometimes someone else's free will negatively affects another's free will. And that's why sometimes animals get to be in the situations that they're in, mm-hmm. where they're neglected or they're let loose or they're just not taken care of properly. And so they know what it's like. I feel like a lot of the rescue animals are old souls. Mm. I totally get that. Yeah. Yes. And and they they know the proper care. They they know how it's supposed to be done. And when they don't have it, then they certainly feel sad, but then when they get rescued and get the proper care, then they feel like they can really show their true colors. You know what? Even for someone who's skeptical of any of this, that explanation is so logical. How can you not at least give that a little bit of your, of your mind, Mm -hmm. you know, just to say, yeah, Yeah. okay, there's, there's a possibility. Oh yeah. I've, I am a very logical person. (laughs) I always questioned and doubted everything that I got, but I asked for proof and confirmation and gosh, I got it every time. And I was amazed Every time when I first started to do this. One of the other questions from another listener. What is the most common mistake or the biggest mistake that people make with their pets? I feel a lot of people discount the the heart and soul that animals have. I mean, some people don't believe animals have souls um, or that they don't have pains or they don't have emotional traumas, but they do. And I feel... A lot of times 
people don't want to acknowledge that maybe because maybe it shows vulnerability on their own part. I can't get into the motivation of why some people do that, but I would say, you know, forgetting, forgetting that animals have hearts and souls just like we do and they should be treated with respect. That's a good way to remind people to re- just respect animals because it's another living thing. Right. But also keep in mind, they've got the same thing going on Heart and soul, that we do. And they think like we think. Yeah. They yeah. just don't talk they, in our language. Yeah, that's with, right. Verbally, but like telepathically. I can't wait to experiment. With Moon? I know. I, yeah. I don't I don't I, have a doggy yet again, so I can't. Well, but. you might be getting one to babysit, so you can start. <laughs> you know, I always do. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could start doing this with the dogs that I take care of. Right. You, oh. you see 13 dogs today. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Great. Oh, but, I mean, one-on-one time, like I've got a doggy coming for this weekend, Oh, I'm going to work my magic on there her. There go. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I Tell will. Tell us how it goes. And she's, she's a particularly um, empathetic dog. I mean, she could be, you know, a comfort dog. She should have been. You know, I mean, she still could be. But anyway, she's not. But she mm-hmm. could be. So she'll be a good one. I want to talk about your dog, Floyd, your Sheltie yes. doggy. Yes. And he was having trouble with hypothyroidism. Yes. Yeah, he was misdiagnosed for two and a half years. I took him to five different vets, and he had the correct blood work, but nobody took the time to look at the blood work, unfortunately. I kept transferring the records to different vets, and nobody was reading his foundational blood work that showed he was hypothyroid. So why did they do the blood work if they weren't going to read it to you and explain it to you? I don't understand how that works. I I know. I I know. I was very frustrated, and... um, so I took matters in my own hands with his health because he was having repeated staph infections. He had lost a lot of his hair. Um, if you have an under if you have an underactive thyroid for a number uh, of years, you do have hair loss and it doesn't grow back. I decided to do everything I could to help him after taking him to the veterinary hospital twice in the two years time, and he had. Um, his back end collapsed, Aww. which is why I went to the, yeah, he was just weak because his thyroid wasn't acting right for two years. And he was on a good quality kibble. And I just said, you know, I, I just need to do better for him, for his health to get body weight on him and get more hair growth and coat shiny again. And I'm going to do the best I can. And I tried raw and that upset his stomach. So I did home cooked food. And I did my research. I looked at a couple of different vets. Two um, are in Chicago, and they wrote books with some recipes. And so I worked with those recipes, and eight years later, he is 14 and a half and doing great. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You did work some magic there, nutrition magic. But that's where it starts, with proper nutrition. You must be busy. (laughs) I am. (laughs) I mean, uh, in demand. I, I, I am, yes. Yeah. Because it sounds like you can fix so many situations. I And I have my own situations to fix sometimes, too. So it's a balancing act, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Right. But I, I have um, health issues as well. So oh. I have been cooking for myself for a number of years. And I'm like, what's the, di- you know, what's the difference? Cooking for the dogs, um, it's just a little bit more food. And, you know, a crock pot does wonders at preparing the meat. Do you cook the the same thing for your dogs as you do do for yourself? I do. 
Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, like last nice. night they had asparagus with some beef tips and some ground turkey. Oh. That's a happy dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So And a multivitamin. <laughs> they oh they have gosh. a whole food multivitamin. I hope the spirit wow. of Harvey isn't listening to this right now because if he is, he's gonna <laughs> oh. say, Mother, you fed me crap. I mean, I could barely cook for myself. I certainly wasn't cooking for him, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to make next doggy. I'm going to make that a A priority. Well, I mean, if you're going to make it for yourself and 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 it's okay for that dog system, but I guess that's through trial and error because some dogs may not tolerate some human or have, should have some human food, correct? Right, right. That's why I did my research and I read those books by those veterinarians um, because there are some foods that are quite toxic to dogs, so you don't want to feed those. Garlic, onion? Garlic is safe. I give my my dogs garlic. It's in the Allium family, though. I give my dogs garlic for uh, flea and tick prevention. The study that was done, they fed an absorbent amount of garlic that would, you know, probably kill a human to those subject dogs. So Mm -hmm. that one study... Um, has been discounted by the holistic vets that I listen to. Okay. How about onion, though? That's in the no Allium family. No onion. But no onion. garlic is in the Allium family, but it's okay. I don't know if it's in the Allium family, but oh, I know okay. it's okay. I defer to you. <laughs> I'm talking, you know, just stuff I think I know. Yeah. No, when in doubt, do your homework, truly, yeah. with oh, anything. Yeah. And anything I'm saying, please do your homework. Well, how can people... I mean, do you have any other questions? Because otherwise, no. I want to find... I want to direct... Well, I know we want to wrap up about where we can find you, but do you te- where do you teach? Oh, yeah, right. Um, so I teach at some crystal shops that are in our area, um, and there is one holistic place called um, Inner Haven. It's in Grays Lake. I've got some upcoming classes there. Okay. And that's in Illinois. Grays Lake is in Illinois. And the other is at Sacred Ground, which is in Arlington Heights, Illinois. That's a crystal shop. And then I have online classes all the time. Okay. So let's get into where we can find you. How can people avail themselves of your classes and reading and uh, nutrition advice for their dogs, uh, et cetera? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my website is thewhispersoflove.com, and that's T-H-E, whispersoflove.com. On Instagram, I'm Inc. And you can find me on Facebook also under The Whispers of Love. Okay, The Whispers of Love on Facebook. And that's your website, you said? Yes. And then Pet Whisperer Inc. Yes. On Instagram. Yes. Okay. Well, if you Google Pet Whisperer, will you come up? Yes. Predominantly? It depends on the area that you're in. In the Chicago area, I do come up, yes. And for international, because you said you had some international clients, they just Googled? Sometimes they find me through my blog. I love to write. So I've I've got a blog about some of the the interesting stories that I've had through the years with the animals. And sometimes people find me through there or they find me through Google or referral is the number one way I get my clients. Is your blog on your website? Yes. Thewhispersoflove.com. Yes. Mm -hmm. Then your blog will be there. Yes. And that sounds like a compendium of information they can tap into, right? Absolutely. All right. One last question. Any celebrities that you no. work with? <laughs> I should have known you. It's <laughs> a good. Another it sounds good, like question. something celebrities would. It does indulge in. Of course, of not, course. Not as of yet. Oh my gosh! I think you'd be huge in yep. Hollywood. Yes. Well, we got to get the word out. Yes, yeah. get it out. Yeah, I'm happy to help. Wow! I didn't. Th- I leave it to you to answer that or, well, or ask that. That's my mo. But. <laughs> 
you're fascinating. Oh, like I you. was just in yeah. awe. It yeah. was such a fun interview. Thank you so much. Thank for, you so much. Oh my gosh. We truly appreciate you oh, taking the time. What else? Yes. Well, I was going to ask her the name of her book. Oh, yeah, the book. Yeah, it's um, what was it? Paw Prints on My Soul. Right. Paw Prints on My Soul. And, and that a, is available on Amazon, correct? Yes, I'm a co-author. It's a compilation of several okay. people. I really appreciate you hearing my stories and sharing them with the world and making uh, the world a better place for humans and animals is my goal. Well, that's kind of what our mission is about, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, I, I be, definitely... Be yeah. happy, be positive. Let's always have fun topics. There's yeah. too much ick out there. There's <laughs> way too much ick. <laughs> and we are not about the ick, we're about the happy. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank oh, you, Linda. Gosh, thank thank you. you so much. Yeah. And thank you listeners for sending in some really insightful questions. And, and they certainly helped us. And they're ones that I don't know if you and I would oh, have thought about these. No, early. I don't know. I don't, everybody thinks of this in, in a different way. Right. I think. Right. Okay. Thanks a lot okay. for listening. We appreciate the input. We appreciate your listenership. Be sure to rate us and review yes. us and and follow us on Instagram, Threads, Facebook, YouTube, and email us at ladieswhoquestion at gmail.com, and we will answer your questions. To another week. High five, virtually. Bam. Bam. Thanks, Harvey. Ladies Who Question is executive produced and edited by me, Lisa Dominique, and also executive produced by Holly Caulfield. Holly also does most of our research, and Claire Caulfield is in charge of technical assistance and social media. Music, My Lionheart. Sketch music by Florian Manx and Matthew Anderson. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, follow, rate, and review Ladies Who Question on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Send your thoughts to ladieswhoquestion at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Threads, and our website, ladieswhoquestion.com. All content discussed on Ladies Who Question are the opinions of Lisa Dominique and Holly Caulfield and should not be construed as advice of any kind. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as advice of any personal or medical issue for yourself or others. This disclaimer also applies to guests or contributors to the podcast.